Okay, so do you want to know the like sad truth about mangas? Yeah, <laughs> keep this usually... in the podcast. Hi, hello, welcome to Mangaroos, the only podcast in the whole wide world where we read a volume one of a different manga each week in Japanese and then talk about it for about an hour in English. My name is Jason. And as always, I'm joined by... Undead Mark. <laughs> and I'm just a mossy rock. Alex. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, this week we are gathered here to discuss a, a pretty interesting manga that I think called Fumetsu no Anatae by Oima Yoshitoki, also known as To Your Eternity. It's one of the things I want to talk about. I don't love the English title of this yeah, book. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Is this book out in English or is it just in <laughs> Japanese? Oh, man. It's out and it's a big old hit. This are is, you, this, are, is the Kaiga I love in this? Yeah, this is, is one of those. Is it because of the animation or is it before the animation it was already loving it? I think it was pretty acclaimed before the animation because the anime started around volume uh, 15, I want to say. Something oh, like that. Well, it's really recent, no? Uh, the anime has been, I think it's on its third season now. Third season. Whoa. It's been going for a while. This book comes out maybe once or twice a year at this point. Yeah, it said that this started like 2016 or something. That feels about right. Alex, just when you and I were first becoming friends. Aww. (laughs) It was was an important time in all of our lives. Um, I chose this book this week because I think it's real neat. If it wasn't for Witch Watch, I guess this would probably be my favorite ongoing series. Oh, wow. And oh. we have not talked about anything like this series. And I'm not sure that there is anything like this series. <laughs> it does seem very particular. Yeah. It's a really interesting story. And you only catch glimpses of that in this first volume. So I'm very intrigued to see what you both think. Because this is one of the rare series where I've read it. And you both have not before I recommended it. So that hasn't happened, I think, yet on the show either, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe so, not. Well, I don't know which watch I... What did Marco Oh, yeah, of watch? course, which watch. I mean, Nobody watch. has... <laughs> no, I mean, I had come across which watch in, uh, in volumes of Shonen Jump before, but I'd never sat um, down with like a tanko bomb. I never like curled up with it. This one was... By the way, speaking of chapters of which watch in Shonen Jump, since we talked about it... It has gone in a crazy direction, but that's all I'll say about that, because no. this is not our Witch Watch episode. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but we, we should have another one of those. Well, Jason, if you could sum up the plot of Fumetsu ah. Monate, what would How it be? How much time you got? Of the whole series? No, no just the, a volume, the volume one. one. Volume one. <laughs> volume one. Thank goodness. Uh, the the plot of volume one, a, a, a spectral entity uh, crash lands on the planet I guess Earth, we can assume it's Earth, and quickly learns to take on the shape of any object that it that it comes in contact with. And over the course of the first volume, it learns to be a rock and then, I think, uh, then moss. A, a leaf or something. Yeah, a moss, moss. That's right. And then a wolf and then a, a young man. And meanwhile, there's also a, a sort of tribe of of forest dwelling uh, people who uh, sacrifice a a child every year to the giant bear god (laughs) and uh, they have a meet cute in the forest (laughs) this this uh this child and this thing (laughs) whatever and we should mention that this thing (laughs) this thing is immortal uh for all intents and purposes at least as far as we know hence the title uh and yeah, I think that pretty much sums up volume one in, in an elevator pitch. It goes in a lot of different directions. It covers a whole lot of emotional territory. Mm. Uh, it's 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 really trying to do a lot, and I think it mostly succeeds. Um, before we really get started, did either of you read uh, Oima Sensei's other work? No, tell Which us was, more. What was that? No, but I, oh, I watched hmm. the anime of that, actually. Oh, interesting, because I did not watch the anime. So I, that's a series I read many years ago. It's called A Silent Voice in English. It's called Koe no Katachi in Japanese. And uh, it won her the Tezuka Prize for Whoa. newcomers or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also very, very critically acclaimed. I should also say, by the way, can we get the, the Mangaroos news alert sound effect dropped in okay. here? 
That's the one I'm talking about. We are recording this episode on Tezuka Osamu's birthday. So Ooh, thank you, Tezuka Sensei. Happy birthday, Tezuka Sensei. <laughs> we wouldn't be here without you. It's your birthday. Yeah, so that's all I want to say about him ever uh-huh. in my life. He's great. Thank you for creating Atomu. That's thank you for doing <laughs> your, your thing. And Lion King. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay, so Oima Yoshitoki, this is her second series. Her first series was hugely critically acclaimed. This one has also been nominated for all mm-hmm. of the major mm-hmm. awards. It hasn't yeah, won. It it's going to be critically but, acclaimed after tonight. But it won like best like shonen manga of like Kodansha's award or something. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I think the anime adaptation is not very good. Uh, mm. So let's just leave that aside. Is it I one think... of those AI animations where they just like everything is CG? It's one of those ones with really low frame rate, and mm. I think the colors are not super richly done. So mm. one of the highlights of this series for me is I think the art is really beautiful and intricate. Yeah, the and, backgrounds like are very lovingly drawn, too. Right? And yeah, there's just all these gorgeous little details. And That's it a really, big word for busy. It really pops in black and white. <laughs> I mean, it is busy. It is a little bit busy, but it's visually there's busy. Like, you really see the forest and you all really, the trees. You really do. <laughs> I just don't think uh, the anime adaptation adds anything, and I think it subtracts mm. a lot of the, mm. the unique character of, of the storytelling. You heard it here series. first. Stay away from the animation. Stick to the pages in the big book. Now, that oh. I say all that to say, what did you think of Volume 1, Alex? Um, so I just wanted to add this like little tidbit that like, cause I, I was just like browsing the Wikipedia pages before I came here, I guess. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, that, uh, this author actually wrote the series after the death of her grandmother. Holy cow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was that like, really puts it into perspective. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was like, apparently the inspiration for this. And then also the silent voice her mother was a uh, what's it called a sign language interpreter. <laughs> oh, oh cool. whoa! Yeah, wow. so like this person seems to have like a lot of uh, family inspiration in their storytelling, which I thought was really interesting. Which I didn't know when I was reading mm-hmm. it, but after I was like, oh, it's pretty cool, and it makes makes a lot of sense. My first thoughts upon reading it was like the wolf's name is Joanne or something. Oh yeah. Joanne. That's true. Joanne the wolf. Joanne. So it starts very quietly and like the alien thing is becoming all this stuff and then a wolf and then it meets the boy and the boy is like Joanne and then I knew it was probably a fantasy setting at that point because whenever you open a manga and like the names are like Joanne. Atekana, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this is going to be... Would have, it would have been different if it had been like, Takehito! Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been different for me. Okamitaro. <laughs> and then my second thought was like, oh, is this like a story about people who are trying to go ice fishing and then they got lost? <laughs> In some ways it is that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, and then something that was like striking to me the second time I looked through it was that I missed the first page um the hand with the ball mm. oh that's yeah that's pretty shoot. central that, that's yeah and I was like, that's that's the man in yeah, black I kind of like skipped it and I went to like this title page and yeah. then I started reading and I was like oh there's just this ball that came out of nowhere and yeah. then I went back and I was like, oh, my God, there's a hand and it made the ball. And then I unleashed the ball into yeah. the world. And then the ball is like, uh, I mean, I believe it's the protagonist. But because um, you it's, asked it's, a question about who's the protagonist and I didn't know if the ball wasn't. But the ball <laughs> seems to be for me. The ball I'm, is I'm really glad you mentioned that because also, yeah, that first page you're talking about, the ball appears to go up out of the hand yeah mm-hmm. but then when the story actually starts it is of course is falling down yeah. out of space onto right I, I so it's like where space, is this hand some sort of yeah. this person like i started to get a lot of questions like there's a lot of mystery and this. there's not a lot of answers in volume there's one not a lot of answers. <laughs> there's no volumes uh, there, there's no answers there's no, I volumes. Say. no volumes no volumes no answers and i another thing 
I'm glad you mentioned that, Alex, because we're 20 volumes into this series right now. I, I don't think it will go too much longer, but really high stakes in terms of sticking the landing. Because when you start your series like that with a, a hand and a spectral ball floating up into the air, that to me creates a lot of pressure to, to make a really equally impactful ending to the series. She's so, shooting for the stars. Feels like that. What did, what did you think of volume one, Mark? Thank you for passing me the mic. Um, so I had never heard of this series. And when we were talking about which uh, series we're going to be reading for volume two, this was on the list. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find that most manga stores near my hizzy had this in stock. And I many of the volumes that we were going after were not in stock. So I was like, what, what, what is this so popular? And how, how I'd never heard of it. Uh, so I'd snatched it up early and I started reading it. Uh, and then I grabbed the second one because it was it was so good. But the first time that I picked it up, I was just like thumbing through, as you do when you first get uh, fresh paper. Well, as, as you do. <laughs> as I, That's your thing that you do. Yeah, yeah, I actually don't like doing that because then I, it I spoils do the everything. Of that. <laughs> the yeah. Here I am looking for the spoilers. And there's this like... Inuit looking guy walking through the snow and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is going to be like Vikings just in Canada uh, a couple of hundred years ago. And there's like polar bears and stuff. And then I actually sit down to read it and it was not about that at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the violent shift in the story's tone. So you have, we already talked about like the ball floating up and then the ball becomes a rock and rock covered moss and then the wolf and then on 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 down to the line until, until it acquires a human shape. So that's like one story, and then it completely shifts to another story out yeah. in like this jungle setting with human sacrifices and a giant bear. Uh, and on first reading, I I thought it was two completely stories, and I thought I thought the series was going to be an, a never ending series. Two completely different stories. Of vignettes, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only connected by. I don't know, only connected the by the one character. <laughs> yeah, the ball person. Uh, but w- when I reread it, after I've been all the way through volume four, which is still only a fraction of the series, but then I went back and read uh, volume one again, and it was a much more coherent unit then. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot more out of it. Like the the first time, I'm going to call him Fushi. Uh, the guy oh, that, that is his name. That's his yeah, name. Yeah, but we, we weren't. No, we him. didn't know that. I don't, th- I don't think you, you know him. We're gonna yeah. call him that. Okay. Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the it's bag. Fushi. So the first time that Fushi dies, right, as a human, because uh-huh. he takes uh-huh. on on the shape of that of that boy that uh, mm-hmm. who is the keeper of the wolf, Joanne. Uh, the first time that he dies, it's that it's the bear that comes back. And I just thought it was a regular polar bear, but no, it's no, the only Gumasama. No, the first time That's he dies, the first he, time. He, yeah. he dies like a whole bunch of times. He dies a bunch of times walking just through making the ice. It, just like yeah. trying to go uh, through the ice field. Because yeah. he doesn't yeah. know he how to eat of, yet. He dies of starvation like several yeah. times. No, you, you're, then, you're right, yeah. you're right. But when he's walking through the ice, like on the on the other side of the mountains, because he's trying to yeah. get, get to the other to the other side, uh, yeah. he gets killed by Onigumasama. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that was a good transition. Yeah, yeah. it was like, really good. Um, and I was like, that's I'm, a really, like, brutal transition, but a good one. Yep. And then you have a little, like, a story about the Oniguma. Like, I think in the, ch- like, when the chapter begins, you get, or like, oh, yeah, after he gets killed. Then there's, like, a little story about, like, the Oniguma somewhere. Where was it? It was, like, a little fairy. Oh, yeah, here, like, this page. Before he gets killed yes. by the Oniguma, it sets yeah. it up by talking about this village and like how they make sacrifices to this bear, and then the next couple of pages he gets eaten by the bear. So I was like, that's like a really good setup for like changing the setting. Um, yeah, and I, like I don't see that often. So yeah, and really always since it does this thing where she's created this language for this for the story uh, yep. with the script. I don't know; it's very Tolkien esque. Um, Maybe it's as good. I don't know. I haven't sat down with it and tried to decipher it, look for consistency or, consistency or whatnot. But yeah. in those little inserts in between the chapters in the story, she'll have one page being in that in, in the Fumetsu no Natare language. And then mm-hmm. in the next one, they'll have that in Japanese so you can like follow along. What, what do you guys think of that? Like the whole, the, the world building there? I want to know, because that, that keeps up throughout the series and it, 
isn't always clear whose voice that's meant to be. Like mm. sometimes it appears in in this volume specifically, uh, it seems to just be kind of like an omniscient, like world building thing. But then there are examples of that later in the series where it seems to be written by a specific character. Um, I love it because oh okay, so it says right here it's from like the the history of the Yanome clan yeah Yeah, so it's like pages of history i think it's neat i think it's um it's like when you're playing an open world video game and you you find like a a A book book of lore yeah yeah Yeah, it's literally just a lore dump but in manga form i i think it's really nice it is i was it helps the world it helps the world feel really big which mm-hmm. for this series in particular uh, is really important as it, needs it, it. as it develops. It needs it, but yeah. I, I should give my hot take. So I felt like the world was really big when we were in this post-apocalyptic uh, ice ice land. Uh, right. And then when it shifted to the jungle vignette, it really snapped me out of it. I was like, what the heck is this? And it was just, yeah. it felt like it was was not a strong story. I wasn't, and I had just been invested in this character of this young boy who was trying to find his family who had left him behind years and years before uh and then the the abrupt shift kind of pulled me out of it and uh-huh. i mean it was still interesting enough that i kept reading but i felt no attachment to the characters that were introduced in the latter half of the volume oh, okay so it, it's it's crazy that you say that because the first time i read this this volume a couple years ago whatever it was I had the same exact experience, but I kept reading the series because I think the first chapter of this first volume, which in length is like almost half of the volume. Yeah. It's it's much, much longer. I just think it's such an incredibly strong first chapter to a series that I was like, I got to see what happens with this guy. So I, I had the same experience once this, like the story is basically split into two halves. And that first half, I find just to be incredibly effective. It's really emotionally impactful. It made me feel some of the feels, at least, mm. if not all of them. And then, yeah, the, the second story is like, it's cute and it's kind of fun. It's a little bit confusing. Like, well, I think it's just like, people? it was kind of like a character dump after you had only one character yeah. that yeah. was like, it was like interacting with the sphere being. Totally. And then right afterward, you're like, oh, there's a whole family and a whole village and a whole this and that. Like, it was a, it was like a lot of stim, stimuli. <laughs> it's like, a oh lot. It is. Yeah. But then, so revisiting this volume, you know, after having read the rest of the series, everything, like, the thing I want to say more than anything else is like, I'm super impressed by the way Oima Sensei has managed to keep all these plot threads that don't seem like they will be plot threads in this first volume coming back to it it's like whoa what she does i did she does she I does a very good that job would be anything like yeah, yeah i'm uh, the only one who doesn't right. know like, well, no, I, I, I have no idea how anything is yeah sorry i'm trying to yeah. keep the focus on the volume one <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna spill the tea so i just finished volume four earlier today mm-hmm. and there is a character in volume one other than fushi who is still alive and kicking and is central to the plot that that mm. deep into the story and it's mm-hmm. not who you think it would be either. Mm-hmm. Mark, we got to... Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, Alex, because <laughs> yeah. I, I do hope you continue Oni, reading is the series. It the, is it the Oniguma? I mean, Oniguma, Oniguma yeah. comes back as well, actually. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, well. Oniguma is central. I, I knew bear couldn't be taken down that easily. By the way, how fucking cool is Oniguma? It's just like Oni a gigantic... Polar bear with ah, these crazy spikes coming out. And when, out when you <laughs> when you learn that those spikes are like the spears from the people who have been trying That's to kill it over yeah, the years, the spears are, yeah, so badass. Yeah, that that yeah. is bad ass, man. Good job. It's it really badass. Good. Really good. So, who did you think was the main character of Volume One? Fushi, one hundred percent. I picked yeah, that up I, from I, like I day it was one. The spear thing. I mean, in Volume One, it doesn't okay. get a name. It's just the thing. Okay, so was that clear to you even after this well, first volume? Cause... So, like, first, the thing is, first I looked at the title, so that was, uh, like, true. a big spoiler. And he is um, on the cover, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then, That's well, there's point. the wolf and the boy. So, I mean, you don't know if, you know, what what's going on there. But then on the back, it says that this is a story about gaining, like, parts of yourself and, like, gaining, like, uh all these like experiences from the world Uh and like learning from the world. 
So it kind of sets everything up to be like, oh, okay, it's a spear. Because it, when you read it, it's like now a uh, new ability gained, like yeah. decision making, new ability gained, like what was the other one? Well, just learning how to eat, right? Like, like learning at how first to eat. He yeah, it's just like new eat. ability gained, like a video game. Um, it, it is a little gamey in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it never feels gamey when you're reading it. Yeah, like I heard a little like do 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 right after it. So. But okay, so yeah, when you when you spell it out logically like that, it's pretty obvious that Fushi's the main character. But I think for the second half of the story, Machi kind of becomes sort of the main character. What did you think of her as a character? Uh, I'll go first for this one. So I did kind of feel like they had they took the spotlight spotlight off Fushi for the second half of uh, the the volume one, and that's what made the story less interesting. Machi. Yeah. Uh, it's everything that you that I don't like about manga sometimes uh, very oh, interesting very paper thin uh story um one dimensional character one dimensional characters I felt the other characters I mean, and, she's a child she's a child but I felt like <laughs> well so are the are your kids. children like very like Mark is constantly know, criticizing you, his children for being too one dimensional if I walked through a forest with your child would they be much more insightful than Machi? I'm just wondering. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a lot less ink on their face. Uh, but no, Yakusoku no Neverando, I felt like those kids were drawn really well. I mean, those and kids are like trained to be insightful. Some of them so, are very good, but some are not. But I felt like yeah. that story was was uh, was a lot more compelling with I mean, as far as like the setup and whatnot whereas the second half of this was like you know the kid who has to go and get sacrificed and the power balance between that backwards village and the yanome who are like their overlords wasn't really yeah. explained like why why you got to give up a person i mean they don't yeah, to a little one that too. several times because i was like wait what are all these countries like why yeah right relation? and you think it's going to be super important to the to the series but it's it's not man it's, oh, really? it's not it's, not it's background important. stuff it's just background oh. Well, Machi ends up being important, actually. She does, she does, she does, and she's she's got a heart of gold and whatnot. But of all the characters that that who she meets so far, she's she's not in my top five. Mm. What? Wait a minute, hang on, Alex. I do want to hear your take on Machi, but who in Volume One would be the 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 five? characters ahead of that i've read so far uh oh, you're talking about the yeah. whole series so in volume Fair. one okay, um i think shonen the boy is is number one so fushi fushi yeah. fushi is super yeah, cool definitely. uh Onigma, wolf is good uh, wolf is fantastic Onigma is awesome and then <laughs> machi fourth yeah but fair. machi okay. beats rock <laughs> and moss uh, narrowly and yeah, moss. moss is moss rock is and moss six. Moss is uh, F tier. Oh no! But <laughs> great, great hamburgers. Of? Mountain, ocean, sky. That's what that like, means. Well, I didn't really well, think actually. about who's my favorite character. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, I don't care. I don't care yeah. who your favorite. I don't want to oh, need okay. your tier list. I specifically, <laughs> my character tier list. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear. We're it, talking about Machi. Yeah. yeah, specifically, what did you think of? Which Machi? is my uh, nickname, by the way. I don't know. I just thought Machi was like unavoidably annoying because. They're like a so small child. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, just because like, so I don't have a child, but um, I have a one. nephew. <laughs> what? Is that, Is a, that threat? a threat? <laughs> oh, <jinx. laughs> um, but I have a nephew and he's almost four and he does not shut up. Um, yeah. So I believe yeah. like I could imagine going through a forest with him would be the same amount of like obnoxious, like... Uh, like yep. just continuous talking um oh, and like but telling did you find her endearing about, did I, <laughs> um i mean it was she was just normal like she was okay. but i i did i did think she was like it was funny that she's a bit sassy in that she was like if i run away what are you gonna do about it and they're just like well, we're gonna kill that other girl and yeah. she's like what if she runs away also i think it's telling that there's only three children in this entire village like this whole human yeah, sacrifice system isn't sustainable <laughs> it's very yeah, clear yeah. what does that remind you jason of? Oh, it reminds me of japan <laughs> yeah well you didn't have to say it out loud but i think uh, the new york times already has 
I've had two different three-year-olds of my very own. And mm-hmm. I think Machi is meant to be three years old, right? Is know, she that young? Small, I don't know if she's a, four. Maybe she's four. But, I mean, wait, she's wait, wait, definitely some kind of small. But did I they don't talk know about teeth, small. losing teeth? How old are kids oh, when they lose yeah, teeth? She like did five? have some missing teeth. So maybe she's more like four or five. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's so tiny. And it's it's the only example almost in the whole series, but certainly the only example in, in volume one of like weird cartoonishness. Mm. Which yep, it's mm-hmm. a different style. If, if anything was going to take me out of this first volume, which overall I think is like a very solid eight out of 10 overall great piece of work, that weird cartoonishness feels I think what threw me like a strange off was choice. the, the uh, paint that they put on their face. Like I thought she was like a shark fish hybrid. Yeah, yeah you didn't think she was, first first hybrid, right? she was even human. Yeah, what is going on? So is it took alien? me a while to be like, oh, okay, it's like a cultural like face paint thing they do. Yeah, like, but okay, it also I like washes that, off but, in the stream. Yeah. yeah, that was much clearer on the second read. I, I feel uh, like volume same. one, you, you need two reads. Yeah. And so that kind of leads nicely into one of my other questions, which is sometimes the art could be described as confusing, but on the second read, a lot of what I thought was confusing was kind of revelatory, like, oh, actually, this is just disorienting on purpose, maybe. Or am I being too charitable? So if, if if those are the two extreme ends of the scale, visually confusing and intentionally and masterfully disorienting, I'm talking about like the action scenes specifically, but also stuff like Machi's face ink mm-hmm. being really confusing at first. Where would you put this volume overall on that scale? Which side would it be closer to for you, Alex? I... I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the rest of it, so I don't know what I'm supposed to be disoriented about. So uh, I'm thinking about stuff <laughs> like there's the, when when Fushi encounters the bear for the first time, and there's a yeah. panel at the bottom of the page where it's his point of view, but the world mm-hmm. is upside down because he's just been flipped upside down by the huge bear. Yeah. But when you first look at it, you're like, what am I looking at? Yeah, and they do that a lot, too. We've yeah, talked about I mean, manga in the past where mm-hmm. we look at the art and we're not we're not sure what we're supposed to be seeing but here mm-hmm. i feel like it might be there might be some intentionality behind oh, it really mm-hmm. what was your take having i thought it, it was just like normal i thought maybe they aren't the best at action is the thing like i don't know i wasn't that Could confused be. a lot of the time the only part that i mean i i, I guess i see your point about action is not the best action <laughs> And there, mm. there's like the only action I really sticks out in my mind is when they fight the bear. Yeah, at um, the end. Yeah, at the end, and it's not like the most intense action sequence, but there are like some good panels. I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that they're like a master at like making the panels go in a really cool way. I mean, there's some people who just really can make the panels feel like a movie. And yeah. so that you feel like you're watching a movie. And I didn't get that. But no, I, I think either. that that's fine because not everyone can do that. So There are some weird perspective shifts too. Like there's one panel where the view is from inside of the bear's mouth. Mm. Which was a really interesting choice. Yeah. And shout out to the panel where the bear is just straight up biting Fushi's head off. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I like that. That, that, that was a cool panel. So I, I'm, I'm down in there right now. That got uh, panel yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is yeah, pretty the awesome effect. and the fact that Fushi doesn't die but then just goes after him and turns into the wolf right with wolf very, Joanne very cool. is like one of his coolest forms for sure uh, easily, easily. but then just two pages after that and this is Jason to speak to your point of where Oima sense is a little bit disorienting is so Fushi gets his head bit off by the bear the big bear and then he transforms into the wolf so there you can see oh he can shape shift back and forth into different forms which has becomes a central tenant of the story later on uh, As it does, yes. and and he's he's almost at his most powerful when he's in his wolf form because he was the wolf for so long 
But then, like, he starts pulling on the bear's skin. And then in the next panel, the bear is fucking dead or at least knocked out. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what happened? Just because he yeah. bit him, he's fallen asleep. And I still don't get that. And I'm looking yeah, at yeah, it yeah. now. Well, I think it was, you know, a time lapse because it was like that happened. And then there was a scenery There must have been shot. a lot of biting. <laughs> yeah. But like whenever there's a scenery shot, that's kind of like manga short term. <laughs> like that's like a manga shorthand for Wrap it time up. has passed. Yeah. Time has passed. Manga. Happened, and then some time has passed, and now they're like, "Hey, what happened? Wow, bear is dead." So, <laughs> good I job. Think that the author Wolf. was just like, "I'm sick of drawing this action sequence. This fight so. is over." <laughs> this fight yeah, is I really over. got myself in over my head here. <laughs> yeah, but she she does that a lot, man. Uh, and and yeah. she's got some really cool villains, and we don't get into that in volume one. So do yourself a favor and keep reading. Um, I think so. But the the action sequences, this might be something that haunts this uh, Fumetsu no Nade for the rest of the series. I think she's capable of really incredible individual panels in in the context of those action scenes. And there's some examples in this one, in volume one. But yeah, the visual storytelling, I'm still not sure whether it's it's just not her strong point or whether th- she's being intentionally disorienting. I really can't tell. And I could see it kind of going either way. Yeah, if I have to give Oinos as a one superpower, it's like her three-dimensional chess, like what she's playing here with the overarching story and whatnot. Oh, and God, yeah. It, like the, the deep stuff, like this is deep stuff, man, this world yep. building yep. that's going yep. on. Like I, I totally got that on the second read. Did not so much pick up on the first read. But I think this is one that you can go back through again and again and get more and more out of it each time. And to yeah. your point, uh, Alex, about what you mentioned about uh, the the passing of her grandmother mm-hmm. kind of like sparking the idea behind this i really feel and when you said that like it it made even more sense as to what this book is about and about how it's you know collecting these memories preserving these memories uh because otherwise they just go away when people die just like uh fushi the boy lost his entire family and then when he found out that you know they did not indeed make it over the mountains it was a little bit disorienting as well too yeah. right like there's a lot yep. of unclear narrative in this story. and i i feel like always women in a sense is a little bit obfuscating that on purpose right because it's not central to the story she doesn't need That's to spell I mean, out yeah. the fact that yeah. you know yeah they all died but she's dropping hints and you can kind of come to your own conclusion but that's not central to the story it doesn't matter if they lived or died because at the end we're all gonna fucking die is what she's saying unless mm-hmm. you are absorbed into Fushi and then you can mm. go with them to the next generation but also I feel like she's saying there's a little bit of Fushi inside of us and people don't oh. die as long as we remember them like we have an orb inside all of us and yeah. I, I think that's that's really where she's going with this so like the people mm. who have become part of your life uh, and when they pass on it doesn't mean like even though they are no longer with us in this physical world they still their memories or whatnot live on inside of us is what she said no, that's a huge theme in this series, absolutely. And and Alex, I'm so glad you brought that element to the table of like this being a response to Oimasense's grandmother passing, because that makes the the underlying themes in this in the series really clearer to me. Like, it's not just a story; it's actually, I think it's a response, and it might even be to to some extent like a, a way of dealing with grief or. Just thinking through what it means to not only what Mark said about like if what if you had the power to remember every encounter you've had through your life and then carry that through multiple lifetimes, but then also the storytelling style might be an intentional choice of like leaving certain parts out because that's part of life too, right? And you you only get a finite number of moments. So what if you're intentionally leaving moments out of the storytelling as a reflection of how, like, you know, in life, you miss certain parts of the plot. You miss certain parts of the story. Mm. I don't know. I, I, yeah, the more I think about that idea, the more I think there's there's something really interesting going on. I don't know. You guys are making me want to read the next one. <laughs> it just so. keeps getting, it keeps getting better. Too, yeah. yeah. It really does. It it just it gets more and more impressive. It, but it is a very. Th- it might be the thinkiest manga, <laughs> like the th- certainly the so thinkiest, the most cerebral one, most cerebral monthly shonen. It's just so crazy to think that this is labeled as a shonen mm, manga. Yeah. 
because yeah it was because like, when i read the wikipedia page about it winning some shonen manga award i was like wait this is shonen i guess this is shonen manga <laughs> let's 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 pause on that idea for just a second alex having only read the first volume if nobody said to you hey here is a shonen manga would you come away from this volume thinking it was a shonen manga i know these yeah, kind labels like, kind of don't really mean anything i but mean it's wh- like the like the mag- it says magazine, so I guess that would mean that it's a shonen manga, like just based on where it's being put out. But, but if like, you didn't yeah, know, if that, I didn't if... know, then I would think this was just seinen manga. Yeah, right. Because it's more it... like adult. It felt more adult because of how it was like talking about like what it means to live and stuff, which is something I don't think about like usually when I'm reading shonen manga. And that's part of the reason why I love this series because throughout the course of the series but also this first volume it does have like kind of a shonen structure to it mm. like if you think of the the sphere this celestial you know uh immortal orb as being like the the typical shonen protagonist it does go through its leveling up like in like yeah. in dragon quest and it it gets all of its <laughs> dragon you know, quest it builds the, up its uh, original shonen manga <laughs> yeah well, just, it's just because that's the stupid yeah. manga that I'm reading right now. But there are parallels, and I wonder if if that's and does intentional. Does it get power through friendship? Kind well, of, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, it evolves, it grows, and it evolves through friendship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I. That's an interesting structural thing too. But yeah, it's just one of those things that makes you wonder, like, why do certain <laughs> does it manga go get through published? like a tournament arc? Where it has to fight uh, the most powerful <laughs> beings. No, but but you you get into like the clear bad guys, or at least okay. yeah, there I are. Mean, bad I, guys. I don't understand why the bad guys are where I am. Mm. I, just having read the first four volumes, but it's it's pretty clear that there's some bad dudes out to stop this mission. There are bad guys. Yeah, I, I don't want to say too much because yeah. we're focusing on the first volume here. What did you think of like the body horror elements? Ah, like when uh, those like the transformation uh, Yamame guys sequence. find when when Machi runs into Hushi in the middle yeah. of the pool when he's trying to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, that was cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool too. I thought that was one of the most adventurous things that Oimasan did in the entire story. And also, I thought those transformation sequences were more successful than the action sequences. Like when yeah. when yeah. when. Fushi's putting himself back together from being like ravaged by the bear. Oh, and Machi just finds his eyeball yeah. first. Yeah, <laughs> she was pretty chill, like surprisingly chill. Much, yeah, she much was more chill than those guys. <laughs> but I, my favorite was um, just revisiting this volume was right in the beginning where uh, when Fushi turns into the boy for the first time. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple pages of transformation where he goes from being the wolf to becoming the boy for the first time. Mm. And again, it's very confusing, even on a reread. Like, what's actually yeah. happening here? But, man, it's really cool. But the <laughs> two-page just... spread after that makes it, like, super clear what happened. But Yes. yes. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's really I picked good. up on that. The, yeah. What I didn't pick up on on the first read is how falling into the ice can hurt your thigh so badly. Mm. Yeah, how did he actually get injured? Yeah, that yeah. that was a little bit unclear too. I guess but he got like gangrene or something. He, got, get, he just got worse and worse and worse. But sure I think now, having read a few volumes in, you just, it doesn't matter, man. It's just a small detail. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. he's died from dumber stuff than that. They're, yeah. they're all going to die is the point. Uh, and now they're and inside we'll, Fushi. We will die too. Yeah, whether it was the lake... Or if there's a bear, something's going to get you in the end. Yeah, it's going to be either leg or bear. <laughs> or old age or something. Like, you can't escape. By the way, so one of my favorite um, ongoing gimmicks in, I guess, in any manga, but definitely in this series, is if you remove the outer uh, cover, did you notice? Yeah. So you said that, and I did not notice on volume one, oh. but by the time I got to volume four, I, I had a moment where I was like, oh, I wonder what's on the backside. And there was those cave paintings, and it was mm-hmm. all the people who had been, it, it felt like the ones that uh, that that the boy had drawn in, in the fish blood on the That's walls. exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, That's what it is. But then there's but there's text above it, which I couldn't read, obviously. I, I haven't, I haven't that, read volume one. I was going to save it. Yeah. And the text is not in, like, when he draws the paintings of them, 
to be remembered. There's no text above it. So I was like, why is there text here? <laughs> like, we should explain very clearly what we're actually talking about. Yeah, because... there's a boy and a wolf picture. So if you take off these paper covers mm. on, and when you buy the physical volume, there is... In actual, Japanese. In Japanese. The jacket. The jacket. The jacket. As it were. Right. There's a name is that your jacket? It's just a jacket. So it <laughs> it's does, got yeah. a little book jacket. <laughs> oh, book jacket. So, yeah, no, there's, an, there's actually a printed cover... And it's completely different than what's on the jacket. It's just like this. It's the wall of the boy's house. And yeah, it's on the wooden panels. Wall, yeah. There's words written in the mm. alien language that we cannot <laughs> understand. Yes. And there are two stick figures drawn well, not in stick fish figures, blood. It's the heads. Oh, it's the heads. You're right. Yeah. And it's, it's the wolf, Joanne, yeah, and it's the boy. Drawn. But notice that the rock is not there. <laughs> nor the moss <laughs> the reason i love this is because with each volume the number of uh crudely drawn faces increases oh. mm-hmm. but they stay in the in the same so place it's like from volume body to volume. count well, <laughs> well it's more like it's important like... people in fushi's <laughs> life exactly but it's but it's, it's a it's memory also bank count. alex it's yeah. a memory, uh, memory bank. bank it's just such a wonderful little gimmick and again before we started recording, we were talking about labors of love that mangaka sometimes include. And this is a really, really special mm-hmm. example of that. And I just wonder if it exists in English because volumes of manga in English don't have jackets. Do they yeah. not? I mean, no. usually, what? They, they have like, usually English books, only hardcover have dust jackets. Yeah, dust they jackets. only have the, the paper mark. Have you ever seen an English language paperback? No, I've never you seen have, an English language manga. It? They're made pretty, like, cheaply. I mean, like, these are made pretty cheaply, too, but... But they're at least even... They're, wait, was that one yen cheaper. press thing literally only one yen? Who, who yeah. puts this out in English? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Kodansha, so they've got out. their own label. Is it Viz? Like, yeah, but I, I, as far as I know, all covers. English... Yeah, it's just like a paperback oh, book they don't with do no the jacket. jacket. Well, you know what I could do without for the rest of my life? That damn Obi. I hate it. Oh, I hate <laughs> those Obi. I hate the Obi. And I, mean, I those don't are marketing. Under- those are I don't like, understand I the usually, people who, oh, really? who are all I, about the Obi. Um, people who keep their Obis, yeah. I, I keep my Obi because it's I use the it as first a thing I do. No, I throw uh, it away immediately because it's what? like... What? Well, I use well, it as that, a bookmark. You use the yeah. jacket. You pull the jacket into the pages to use your bookmark. And then if no, I, I like, like that, the Mark. place, uh, if You're I like the place, fight. I put that... Yeah, if you put... If you use this to make a bookmark, you're going to ruin your book. Yeah, you bend um, it. It's yeah. terrible. It so, does bend, bend it. it. It does bend it. But I'm reading well, for pleasure. Okay. I think this is fascinating because, <laughs> Sorry, Mark, you do, the, book you do the cursed forbidden thing of using the jacket. Alex, you keep your obis equally to baffling to me. To use as a bookmark. But here's though, what I do. I'm, I'm right in between. When I get a new volume, I immediately rip that obi off. Take it out. And I tear off a small piece of it, and I use mm-hmm. that as the bookmark. Oh. And I throw the rest so of it in the, the trash movie. where it belongs. So isn't that fascinating? Yeah. We all have different approaches <laughs> to the obi. But the obi is conundrum. like a little time capsule. It is because a time capsule. The yeah. OB usually says yeah. the news of that manga when yeah. that manga was made. Yeah. So it's like, you know, over three million copies sold, or it will become an anime, or blah, blah, blah. And then later you go back and you look at the anime. OB. And you're like, yeah. that was so long ago. It did. It's <laughs> so. like it's like Dewey defeats Truman, and yeah. No, uh, I always, <laughs> I always feel bad about throwing away the Obi because I'm like, oh, what if I take this to book off? Are they, they going to give me a few extra yen if I have the Obi on? Do you guys know? <laughs> is there well, a, the opposite? Is there an Obi discount uh, if you don't have the Obi? I think they don't like the Obi actually at <laughs> book off. I wonder if they you never work have at it book on off, their please things. let us know what you think no i was gonna say the opposite thing every once in a while i will get a book or a manga from book off that has like a really old obi on it and it is a fun little time capsule or sometimes you get the the pullouts that are still in there yeah like recently i bought a volume of manga from book off and there was a there was a little advertisement in it with the comedy team uh cream stew oh okay yeah which if you see them now i think they must be in like their 60s they've Mm -hmm. they've got gray hair kind of and they're they're looking but this is them when they were like in their prime Mm -hmm. from like 25 years ago and it was just like whoa cool like see anyway don't throw them away it's fun now throw them away if you're me (laughs) if you're someone else you can keep them because maybe i'll discover them later and then throw them away (laughs) um but it's fun obese for some miniature american flags for others and jackets for everyone. Yeah. 
So what was your favorite, if you had to pick a single panel, what would you say? Or what were some highlights? Mm, I like, I mean, I like the end panel when, uh, as a wolf, uh, the thing, <laughs> I, I guess Fushi, Fushi says yeah. thank you um, uh, but in the, like kind of garbled speech. And I thought yeah. that was like a really good end to the first uh, volume and... As someone who's always kind of disappointed by endings of everything, uh, I like that ending a lot. So I appreciate it. Oh, are you? It. I didn't know that about you. Well, I don't know. Like, I hate oh. endings just in general. So, like, I never finish things uh, a lot of the time <laughs> because I'm afraid. Like, intentionally. Intentionally. I'm like, Ooh. I'm just going to stop here. <laughs> and then I close it. And then I, like, <laughs> so I just, like, a lot of series I just never finish because at the point I, I feel like it's getting close to an ending, I'm like, they're going to screw this up. So I just stop. <laughs> I'm like, I just I want do, to I, keep I my memory you. pure. I do, yeah. Stories, that's, I think endings are the most common point for stories to fall down. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a bummer when that happens. It's hard to stick the landing. But I, I only stop reading stuff because I lose it. I run out of interest. Mm. I have no problem walking away from a story, but it's it's not for the reason you mentioned. That's interesting. Okay. And yeah, I do love that panel. What, what about you, Mark? My favorite, the, the best panel, hands down, in the book is on page 124 and 125 when when he's like resurrecting from the dead in front of Yeah, Manchi. I like that one too. Yeah, that, yeah, that's super cool. And I don't think you get much of that in the rest of the series from then on, although I'm not that deep into it. So Jason, maybe you know more. But the arc, no, you don't. The, the pages that hit me the hardest are when the boy like drags himself back from the trek because he goes out to try and find his family like he's like fuck this being alone i'm not gonna freeze here and die i'm gonna go and try and cross the mountains get to the get to the paradise that was promised uh because he was left behind by everyone else in in the in the alaskan village it's not really alaska but it feels <laughs> it's like very that. cold it's just very cold cold and snow and ice uh and then he gets injured when he falls into the pond and mm-hmm. then he keeps going anyway but then he finds the caravan of his family and that they're all dead basically is what is implied by the wreckage strewn around him and yet he fights through the wound and he's like okay we're just going to go back and then he gets home and he cooks a soup meal for him and Mr. Wolf Joanne and then the next day you see that you know he's really in bad shape like the gangrene has set in the fever takes him and just that last fever dream 24 hours where he's just like oh, mm. they're gonna come back i gotta sit in the chair no it's just this is how i want to meet them when they get home like that whole scene yeah the and, chair yeah. part was really like heartbreaking oh like, he's man. like i can't be in the bed yeah, yeah. i was like so glad oh yeah. what what a what a little boy thing to do like i was probably yeah. just like this boy and if i had gotten a gangrenous wound i would have died in the same way <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gotta then, welcome them in the chair. And then there's this two-page spread <laughs> yeah, where yeah, there's, yeah. Just, yeah. there's no background at all. It's just him his in soul the chair, his and body. then also yeah. Well, then Fushi walking away. And this, right? From like himself. when Fushi goes to right, take his right. form, yeah. and like like the the hands go, and he keeps the rope on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, by the way. Know. By the way, that rope stays on him for the entire that's series. A, that's a sturdy well, rope. Oh, it stays on for a long time, but uh, it go, it goes away eventually. Oh, no, it comes back. Does it come back? <laughs> it comes back. It comes back. The Trust, same yeah, rope. The, uh, the rope so I guess when he regenerates as Fushi the first time, like uh, you know, like when he resets as Fushi, yeah. he's got the rope. Okay, that makes sense. His his regeneration powers become a lot more expansive throughout mm-hmm. the series. Oh, and they'll cut the that. rope each time. I'm really glad we touched on that that arc that you just described, Mark, because that's what really sold me on this series was exactly those few pages. One hundred percent. I originally the first time I read this volume, it was on the train home from work after a particularly emotionally draining day. I'm sorry about and that, Jason. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Where is Mark? <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Mark wasn't there that day. And I yeah, it I was very close to tears. And I had to actually, I stopped reading the book after that first chapter and I didn't read the rest of the volume for like a couple of weeks. Cause I was like, damn, if that's the first chapter, I don't know if I can handle any more of this. Well, it gets and, a lot worse after that. Much. Yeah, just, the <laughs> change yeah, of tone I, is violent. It's uh, uh, it's not a series you can sit and binge. It's like mm-hmm. when you're in slow. the right, 
when you're in the right mood for it, the right frame of mind, there's nothing like it and it's incredible, but you really need to be in that that right headspace for it, I think. Yeah, and she does that again in a couple of the other arcs. I feel like she's she aims for the deep feels and sometimes she she hits it she hits it pretty well. Yeah, she doesn't always quite nail it, but I, I agree when she does, it's it's pretty impressive. So that leads nicely to this question. Based on this volume again, limiting our discussion just to volume 1, is Oima Sensei a genius or is that premature? Is she just an ambitious storyteller? Because for me it's it's somewhere in that ballpark. What would you say, Alex? Mm, so I'm the only one who could just base this on volume one. Yeah. Uh, I thought that volume one was yeah, very deep and the storytelling was good and I, I liked the ending, as I said. So mm-hmm. I thought it was like well done. I don't know if it's like like a master. Like I don't know what, what's my master um Marathon my master man. <laughs> I don't know what's like my master ranking, but I think it's close to that in that it was very intriguing. Uh, I mean, I did feel like it was a bit busy when all the characters, when you're suddenly like with all these characters in this village and then the village has like politics even like they like it true. demanded a lot from you <laughs> to like figure it out. So I wish that that would have been like simplified a bit more just reading volume one because I don't know how that all connects with the rest of the story but it didn't seem like overly important to know all of that in the first volume yeah so yeah that's a fair fair critique there's a lot of kind of narrative fluff yeah so I think that was a little bit of an info dump that I don't think needed to be there for me to enjoy it like it could have cut back a little bit on the information so but overall, agreed, was good. Agreed. Oima Sensei is a boys be ambitious storyteller, and when she when she sticks the landing, it's really good. Like the story of Fushi and Joan is is absolutely five stars. Uh, yeah, but yeah. then the next vignette with Machi and and the village and the anime people and their plight, while it has some cool points, man, it's it's not it's not top notch storytelling. And she yeah. she she weaves in some cool action uh, sequences in there, and like it, she moves the story along. It's like not something that's going to make you stop reading the story. But no. I, I feel like maybe this the sense that I got as this because this goes on for like another what twenty volumes. Uh, uh-huh. It's it's going to have some really cool vignettes and some vignettes that you might have to to fight through a little bit. Was was the sense that I got, and so far I've felt that way. There's been some parts that's- that top-notch yeah. stuff and then this other stuff you just gotta yeah you're just along for the ride you can't hit a home run each time it's hard you you can't but that is that is spot on actually like there there are high highs throughout the series but it is it's like actually before i finish that sentence i wanted to have a special question just for you alex mark you're not allowed to answer this one alex based on this first volume alone what would you predict or what predictions would you make about this story over the next 19 volumes. 19? Which is how many? Uh, I don't that's know if many, I like, thought about 19 <laughs> Well, just fine. It doesn't have to be the whole whatever length okay. of the series. But what what, predict, what predictions would you make based on what you saw here, if any? Um, well, I thought like a short-term prediction would be if they worship this like bear demon for being so like violent and powerful... Would they think the same of, like, how will they receive this being that can't die, that Uh now has, like, killed the bear demon, presumably? Um, So will they worship it, was what I was wondering, or, like, what do they think about it? And then just overarching, I thought, oh, everyone's going to die, and then it's going to be the sphere thing, like, taking their form and, like leveling up is what I got but just because of the whole thing on like the back of it and stuff about how Uh it needs to like learn about like life and like warmth and pain and like joy and sadness so therefore it's going to now learn about human society was like Um, the next step because uh it's so far been kind of like one on one human interaction for this 
fushi thing. So now it's, it's going to be accepted into society and like learn about society was my like next step for it. All right. Well, I can't say how much of that was accurate. You're just going to have to read and find out for yourself. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good predictions, I would say, overall. Um, any final thoughts, Mark? Anything you would add? Yeah, no, do yourself a favor. Don't be like me and stay in the dark about this one. Fumetsu no Anate is an absolutely, I think it's a central reading. Uh, if you are into this genre of manga, which is overarching stories with shrouded <laughs> figures and floating well it's my favorite genre, genre. Yeah, yeah. well well known well known genre uh so definitely pick it up uh, i i would recommend this to friends of of manga and then people who are not so sure that they want to get into manga themselves cuz i think this is deep enough to make you think about things and feel ways mm. about life alex what, alex, what do you think yeah um i think that if you are a fan of like cool looking wolves this is definitely <laughs> a manga that should be one on the top definitely. of your list of like cool wolf manga. Oh and, my uh, gosh! Yes. Also, the forests are nicely drawn, um, and then also just the story is. I think it can speak to a lot of different people because it's very yeah. general, and the setting is also this kind of fantasy. Like you don't need to know a lot about it. So yeah, like anyone can enjoy it. And the wolf is cool. Do you think you'll read volume two? Oh, yeah. I think I'll read volume two just because I'm intrigued now. So we'll awesome. see what awesome. happens. Well, I hope you all will. By by that, I mean you, Alex and Mark. I, I hope you will finish the series or at least get caught up so that we yeah, can. Yeah, it's not done all... yet, right? <laughs> no, no. It's, I, don't, I don't think it'll be done. So I don't need to like throw soon, down but... volume 19 and like despair and be like, I can't know what happens in 20. Because that's the end, and it's probably gonna. No, me. you don't. I, I don't know when it will end, but uh, I would give it a, a a few more volumes, like maybe up to twenty five or something, would be my guess. Anyway, that's Fumetsu no Anate. We never really discussed the English title to your eternity. But yeah, we don't is have that to. is that a real <laughs> title? So, so wait, that's is what this, it's called. This has been anglicized. It's in English. It's been localized. I guess because of the animation, maybe it's localized into many different languages, no. and it's it's very popular. It's very successful. Bizarre. But that is a weird title. To your eternity. Yeah. What does that even mean? I bet it doesn't the, really. It kind of sounds the like um like a cheers. Like here's yeah. to your eternity. <laughs> well, look, look, check and this. Who are we cheersing? Check this. It's on the it's on the official logo on the Wikipedia page. I bet the author picked it and really mm. liked it, and then fought for that to be the English title. No. If that's the case, then I'm chill with it. If if yeah. this was I think Oima Sensei's choice, then what am I gonna say? I guess but, that I guess that you could say that the Fumetsu no Anata are the people that are being remembered, or it's the sphere thing. Well, I think it's to everyone who's, who's oh, being remembered out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's a shout out to her grandma. But I think that after our discussion today, Maybe this is like gammy to your eternity. Totally. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, it's a mystery for the ages. And if uh, if if you know the answer, please write in because it be the, the author. <laughs> You are going to have to check it out. Write into Kodansha USA. They're the publishers in English checking this out. Wow. But don't write to Kodansha. Write to us. You can email us at mongaroospodcast at gmail. We only have conspiracy theories, though. We don't offer real solutions. Hey, but if you want a custom crafted conspiracy theory, write to us and we'll we'll send you one. Self addressed stamped envelope to mongaroospodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, we we love you sincerely. And uh, we'll see you next time. To your eternity. Bye.
Does manga pay anything close to like any kind of money, or is it just okay, like a so nice little bonus? Do you want to know the like sad truth about manga? Is that <laughs> yeah. usually keep this in the podcast? Like this is like like normal mangaka who are like no no big deal mangaka usually yeah. get like eight thousand yen a page. Okay, which Seems like it, decent. but it takes you don't but, know how long it yeah, takes but, to make a page. But there's like, <laughs> but like sixteen pages in in a cut. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so there's like thinking, sixteen, yeah, twenty pages, sometimes thirty pages. Uh, I mean, she's bi-monthly, mm, yeah. and then also okay. they don't pay you. Um, so like when you're what? when Wait, your um, book pay. becomes when you be- like- when you become a book, they don't pay you to make the cover. Oh, that's just that like part of the package. The, why the that's covers part of the package. The and then also, the, also atogaki, you know, those kind of like freebie extras that sometimes come in the book. Yeah. yeah. Like those are also not paid. Is that a labor of love? Yeah. Wait a dang minute. And then Even- also mangaka don't get paid for, you probably know this part, but when they make the layout proposal yeah, yeah, for yeah. that, they don't yeah. get paid for any yeah. of that. So it's yeah. only like completed pages. I wonder at what point you become self-sustaining like at what point you are a, a richy rich because i think it's mostly royalties like how much yeah, I you think sell so too i'm 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 in the middle of this uh the the big number one big bestseller novel of of this past year uh nanji hoshiga gotoku mm-hmm. and the the man in the story is a mangaka who leaves their little island to go live and work in tokyo and mm-hmm. he's just a mangaka, but his manga becomes super successful. But oh, the gosh. whole story is about how he's like rich and awesome. It's like the opposite like, of Koryokai de Shine. Yeah, I think that that's like a very a bit, yeah. low percentage of all manga artists become that. Yeah, I guess that's version the, of the dream, story. Right? And the other version is like I have another friend who's a manga artist solely, oh, but she's only that. been doing that. And she lives in an apartment that her family like owns. Well, that hardly seems no, but you know what? Good for her. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You no, I mean, like that's how you do it. You, yeah, you can't really like. It's hard to live in a good life on that kind of salary. So this is true. I mentioned this a little bit in in my hunt for uh, that stupid Dragon Quest manga, which I ended up finding. Thirteen. Golden. I don't know how much. So up until this ridiculous search, I haven't paid much attention to the manga that's actually available inside of Kombinis. Mm-hmm. Because why would I? Yeah. <laughs> There's some dire shit. Like, I mean, the like target audience is like drunken Osans. I thought it was like yeah. not. Drive-by truckers. <laughs> I like, that's what I thought it was. Or I think truckers. it's drive-by drunken trucker Ojisans because <laughs> like I think the bottom of the barrel that I saw was like a, a thick volume that was entire. It seemed to be entirely devoted to stories of like... Um, hope invasion and like uh swindling money from senior citizens <laughs> great and basically cow. just being a very low-level criminal and i was yeah. like and it was illustrated as exactly as awfully as you would think <laughs> like, like my mine is like that like my image is like that and then also like manga about like food in like wives yeah, yeah, or something yeah, of course no, of course that <laughs> of course. and lots of like uh sexy time manga and yeah a weird amount of manga about old ladies who run uh Small restaurants. Uh, for marathons. Reason. Okay. <laughs> marathon. Anyway, marathon there's mom. a whole lot of shit out there, and and so your mind goes to like the people making this. Is that their job? Is that a hobby? I guess Osans do AI? like uh, women who run restaurants with all the snack mama. They definitely do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, and the other big revelation to me was talking to Kombini staff. Like, hey, look, I've been looking for this damn manga everywhere. I finally found it. Are you going to get the next volume or what? And the guy's like, I don't... Look, it's all ordered by AI computer systems. (laughs) We listen to the AI overlords. We don't make decisions here. That's the second time I've been told this. I heard this from the guy who runs the the little indie bookstore near my house as well. Did they use AI AI? to pick his manga that he put in He literally said that because the first time I was looking for Witch Watch after I moved into this new place... I was like, hey, there's a little bookstore right over there. Let me see if they got the good stuff. So mm-hmm. I wandered over to him. I was like, hey, are you going to get that witch watch? And he's like, brother, I can't tell you. I just don't know. And I was like, don't you <laughs> run this place? And he's like, yeah, but the AI. Wow, so the real AI invasion has been happening in bookstores already. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what comes until I open the box. And I was like, 
that seems like a weird way to run a business, but okay. It, it seems like so, a very weird way. It seems like an MLM way to run a business. It's yeah, like I just yeah. sell the stuff that gets sent to me. I don't make the decisions. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're the only one who works here. Your and name you is on the, the sign. But that place has been in business for decades. I guess they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The AI has been handed down from generation to generation. Yeah, it's the, the it's for, the for vintage AI. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's AI from the 50s. Did they not have the Dragon Quest story there? No, because, well, that's the whole point. It's Combinigente. The thing about ah, these Shueisha remix things. Well, did Shueisha like shake on something with the Konbini heads? <laughs> is it all Konbini no, they, or is it just like a certain kind? It's Zenkoku no Convenience Store. So... Mm. Uh, is I Daily it, Yamazaki in on that acronym, or is it just the I went, big three? I went to a mini stop, and let me tell you something. That mini stop was full of some very disreputable sorts. I will uh, not be going back. Yeah. I mean, the, those manga are like like there are there are a lot of manga that are just made by like companies, like the yeah. pachinko mangas and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, exactly. those are like very. Uh, the company decides like the storyline and stuff and the mangaka is just like the person who brings you the visuals. He brings that to life. <laughs> yeah, brings those, to life. Yeah. Those will be the first ones that are like, AI, we don't need people anymore. Yeah. Oh, do you guys do you want to do a review of one of those like pachinko mangas? Yeah, man. These terrible, oh, like, bring it on. Manga. Bring it on. Very tempting. <laughs> very, very tempting. Pachisro. I don't, All right, I don't know why they have the to combine now. the two. Okay. Are you, are you ready? Yeah, we we're ready. We are okay, wait, officially we the starting thing? now. Okay. Okay.